Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How are you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to this week's Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. However, you've got our show this week by downloading from our website at techcentral.ie, which you can grab it there directly or using the smartphone podcast app or listening on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1. Just thank you for having us in your life. Joining me as always is editor of techcentral.ie, uh, Niall Kitson. Uh, we're going to be looking at retail therapy, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but the whole digital aspect and taking, you know, that Amazon, if you like this, you might like this, and putting it into a real-life shop, all kinds of fascinating things coming for you. But first, Niall, somebody who's not getting their uh, uh, their, their marketing and, and their shop in order is Apple Music. Not been a great start for them, has it? Not really, no. And we're coming up to uh, a year um, that it's been around and it has what is it 10 million paying customers it's doing the last it it varies because you know they give that little you know well we've got uh, 15 million people trying out on on the trial but only half of them are staying which is about 8 million people Uh, whereas Spotify are saying they've got 20 million people but I think the consensus is that uh, for every one Apple Music user there are two Spotify users Oh, okay, right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, and probably about right as well. I mean, Spotify have stolen a march mm. on Apple Music for, what, a couple of years now. Anyway, I mean, this Apple are kind of Johnny-come-latelys to, uh, to this whole situation. Yeah, um, but that, when Apple come Johnny-come-lately to things, they usually make things brilliant. But I don't think that they nailed it on the first iteration. And, uh, and now this is why they're talking. What's the talk this week? That What are they going to do about it? Yeah, well, WWDC is coming up um, in the next while, and there's uh, speculation is starting to swirl about what sort of products and services are going to be looked at, revamped, dropped. Um, so uh, Apple Music is kind of at the top of the list because it's still kind of in a Apple are kind of finding their way through it, and there are a couple of things that if I was Apple, I would definitely do because. One thing that hasn't worked for me as a a former user of Apple Music was the decision to make it part of iTunes. That absolutely drove me insane. Yeah, it's it's like what um, Apple did with the podcast app in iOS. As soon as they spun that out, it was just much easier to just go and find podcasts. Mm. It was simple. Yeah. And I think if they do the same by splitting out Apple Music from the music you already own and have downloaded from iTunes, just keep those separate, then I think people will get an awful lot more out of the service. Do you know what I would like? Just very simply, Apple Music is my streaming. So, and if I want to buy something from Apple Music, that's fine. Yes, buy this and pay whatever. And then it shows up on my iTunes. Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, iTunes is such a bloated behemoth of a thing. You know, everything media-related by Apple seems to get thrown into to iTunes, and it's, you know, it's well, got to stop. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe when they get to fix Apple Music, they'll then get and fix iTunes, because there's always bloatware. Give me two other things you'd fix about Apple Music that would make you a customer again. Uh, okay, well, I would definitely get rid of their um, Connect service, not even a service, kind of a feature. Because you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Apple tried social networking through iTunes with Ping. 
And the idea was that you would get to follow your favorite artists and they would post mm. their updates. You know, we are playing here. You know, here's a blog post. Here's yada, yada, yada. Apple Music basically replicated that same failed feature set, only they called it Connect. And as many people are using it. So, you know, it's it's got to go. You've, you've got to ditch that. All right. So take it out of iTunes, uh, get rid of Connect. And what's the last thing that you would do? Uh, okay. Controversial decision. Uh, one of two things. Either lower the subscription price or introduce a free tier. I think the clever thing to do as a company is introduce a free tier. Um, because uh, people are happy to pay what uh, Spotify are paying. Don't get into a price war. You know, the artists are making little enough out of it as it is. I think having the free tier and ad supported and whatever, but Apple don't do ad supported anything, do they? So that'll be a big threshold to cross. Uh, yeah, well, their, their own endeavors into ad tech haven't been fantastic. Uh, if you remember iAds. Uh, <laughs> yeah all right okay less said yeah. the better i think less said the better anyway listen when are we going to hear the uh the actual changes uh at an apple at an apple official announcement uh well i mean we're still in the speculation stage at the moment uh what i think we're, we're what uh a week two weeks two weeks out I think you can check the date. From the Worldwide Developers Conference. All right, Grant. Well, listen, we, we, we keep an eye on that. This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. Now, a lot of our show this week uh, has to do with, Niall, you were out and about uh, getting some retail therapy during the week, yes? Yeah, well, you, you might remember a couple of years ago, we couldn't go a week without a Minority Report reference because there was always something finally catching up to Minority Report. Well, it looks like we're we're getting that that way now in the retail sector. You might remember there was a scene where Tom Cruise walked into a shopping centre and they got a look at him. Uh, it was either his iris was scanned or his face was, was recognised and all of a sudden he was targeted with these personalised ads. Well, we're we're almost there. Uh, and I went out and I had a chat with some very interesting people about how stores are going to be using things like digital displays mm. and facial recognition and tracking your purchasing history to deliver a much more all-inclusive, um, I don't want to say experience, but I guess mm. you have to uh, whenever you visit the store. So I started out by meeting Gavin Peacock of TRC Solutions, uh, which is a Dublin company. And uh, what they work on is a platform for managing how you interact with the stock in a shop. What we have is we have an assisted selling platform which feeds in from various different other data sources that would already be in the retail environment, such as their EPOS system, uh, financial system, um, and or online. And it brings those together in order to assist um, the retailer in uh, guiding the the customer through uh, the sales journey. So uh, say I've entered a store and I know that I want to buy a pair of shoes. Um, I'm not entirely sure they have my size. I've, I've got the style in mind. How do you help me out? Okay, great question. So, for instance, when you would set up the shoe, you can obviously put the shoe by size, style, color, 
um, and brand. So you probably only know that the brand is X. You don't know that it's called Tropical Hawaii, you know, um, and you obviously know your size. However, the way that you shop, we would actually have down as genres, okay? The way to think about that really is, is like tags, um, on your various different apps that you'd have on your iPhone or your contact base. So you can go in via by designer, by color, by mood, okay, by selection. Um, and it's entirely up to the retailer how they would actually group those items together. They know their customers. They know the way that their customers actually ask the question. You know, it may be, for instance, what was on pin interest. It may be, for instance, what was featured on the late, late. There's various different ways in. As long as you have the the core product, i.e. the shoe, and you have an infinite amount of ways of tagging it and then bringing it together into different collections. So that makes sense from an online perspective, you know, when, say, you go into Amazon or something like that, and uh, online tags are, you know, they're they're par from the course. In terms of integrating them into a a physical brick-and-mortar experience, what kind of additional technology uh, will people be um, be using to actually locate things in store? I mean, we talk an awful lot about uh, NFC technology, not so much about the applications, but this is one space where it works quite well. Yeah, you certainly could interface uh, different types of hardware technologies into the assisted sales platform um, in order to guide them to uh, where it is, etc. What we do as standard out of the box, if you would, is that guide you through the process. You, As you rightly said, you're more used to actually getting to the root of the fruit much quicker than actually walking up and down aisles and asking people, do you have this? perhaps to be told in some circumstances what you see is what's for sale, sir. Um, So what this allows you to do is to make that much quicker in a much more uh, digitized way that you're used to at home. And then when you wish to proceed, which is what you're asking, and you're asking it from the perspective of leading you to the actual product, yes, that's certainly one way. Um, Not sure I've seen it successfully done. Um, We did hear about lights leading the way, etc., but I'd like to see that. Um, what we would do is is that if you wish then to talk to somebody, you've had your prequel to the sale, and now you wish to talk to a sales associate. So you simply press a button on the screens. Um, I now want this. I've located my shoe. It's in size 7, okay, or 8, or whatever it is. Now could you bring it to me? And then what we bring then is a whole lot of performance indicators for the retailer to help with their staff to see how long it was taking and to actually make sure that the customer experience is um, as um, optimum as it can be. Uh, I think another great example of this in use would be to sort of say you're buying a suit or you know you're buying uh, a lady is buying a dress and you've got so many variations in terms of size and color uh, and of course you go into your dressing room and you're like oh the, this looks pretty good but would it look okay in pinstripes or in black or whatever and um, the element of staff management that's involved, um, how does sort of the staff member waiting at the, the gates of the dressing room become more involved in helping a customer make a decision? Great question. So um, what we have done is we have digitized the whole fitting room experience. Um, and that includes... For instance, what's occupied, what's not occupied. I mean, in today's environments, to be actually walking up and saying, I'd like to try this on, and for somebody to actually be then 
taking five doors with five keys to see whether or not anybody's in it when they can simply look at their mobile and see that number three is free um, obviously looks to that. The other thing is from that perspective is, is that that utilisation can go back into scheduling for the retailer so they can actually say, do you know what, we top out between these hours and these hours we didn't think that our fitting rooms were being used but there's so many shift workers with different patterns etc that actually optimum um, hours during the retail environment have changed so much over the time Um, so that's one example so we're looking at a case now where you can enter a shop and you can be recognised for who you are. Um, you can have ads targeted at you directly. You can manage your experience in store to the to the extent that you can get people to come to you without actually having to put your hand up and go, you know, miss, please, can you fetch me this? Uh, that we now have that sort of customer-centric management. All the time, however... For, the, for every interaction, you are generating da- data, uh, which can be retained on you for, for a future reference. Um, for yourself, when you go into the same store again, you can see, okay, I bought X, Y, Z, that's fine. I know, I know that I have this. So what actually happens to that data that we're generating? How safe is it? And who is looking after it? Okay, again, great question. And there's been a lot of debate about data centres outside the EU particularly um, and outside Ireland. So um, on our assisted selling platform and on our intelligent fitting room um, application, um, we're not capturing personal data at that side of things. You know, it's purely anomalised that way. When we would be capturing personal data is when, for instance, we, we also provide loyalty systems, EPOS systems, CRM systems, you know, and the the list goes on and on to the retailer. We're a full technology stack retail provider. Um, And the retailers need to be very, very careful and very, very open with their customers on what actually they're signing up for, where it's actually kept and how safe it is. Um, And what we do is we provide the tools. Um, Some retailers would have their own data centers, you know, um, and that's where it would reside. Um, uh, the smaller retailer, again, it certainly has to be a question they need to ask their potential supplier, you know, is what are the data protection rules about this? Can I see your certifications? Can I see what you're doing with my data? How long is it kept for? What is it kept for? Do you sell it? Is there something on again? And and what I would personally be in favour of is that um, a very much simplified terms and conditions for all online data so that I know well okay I'm signing up to this I'm joining this Wi-Fi or I'm joining this loyalty system but this is what's going to be done with my data so I do think that it is an area that um, needs to become more transparent to the consumer Um, and I also think it might not be a a way for us to sell much more of these really but I also think that some people are very flahulock with um, them signing up to various different things you know Um, you really need to know who's looking at what um, and what data you're giving away. Because there is that trade-off now, especially when you join a service like Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, if you want to get the best results, you have to give more of yourself. That really is the the issue, isn't it? Correct. So, for instance, um, we do uh, travel technology um, and we have um, airport duty-freeze, for instance. You know, Um, and, you know, it's great. Guest Wi-Fis are fantastic, you know, Um, and it makes sense. And I do subscribe and I, I go on to them. But to think that someone is going to give us something for free 
without there being a quid pro quo, um, that isn't the way, unfortunately, that it works. In the same way that, for instance, we would ask, and some retailers have, have asked us, in fairness, we talked this morning about Rebecca Minkoff um, in New York as being a, a showcase for um, a, a, an assisted selling platform, um, and we would compete directly with, with their vendor. But there, for instance, you walk in, and when you select your shoe, to take your example... Um, they ask you whether or not you'd like a cup of tea or a glass of champagne. Now, when you say, yes, I would like this champagne or this cup of tea, they then ask you politely, we'll put in your mobile number and we'll tell you when it's ready, right? right. So then what they have then is they actually have the SMS and they have a link with you and various different other things. Now, you're getting a glass of champagne for the ability to text you, you know? Um, you decide. Uh, one of the one of the interesting potential advantages of having a system like this is to be able to use it chain wide. So if you have a large retail chain, it doesn't matter if you go into you know the branch in Ballydehob and the and the branch in uh, we'll say Stephen's Green. Your information can travel with you. To to which extent are we going to see this level of connectivity? You certainly will see that. From a loyalty perspective, and people will talk about the ability to give you unique offers in real time in the store. That's what will be talked about. In reality, what's happening is, and in reality, what the retailer's pain point is, is you going into the uh, store in Ballader Hub and getting an absolutely fantastic experience, thinking that the brand's brilliant, and then going into the one in Castle Marta, right? No offense, Castle Marta, and finding out that. Um, that guy didn't know what he was talking about. So the retailer's challenge is, and this is where mobile tech and also shared experience information is having a big effect. So, for instance, um, we have an application where you can take your most experienced salesperson, no matter what you're selling, fishing tackle through to fashion, and the most experienced salesperson groups what goes with that item. Themes, if you will. But that comes from the best salesperson in Ballydehob. Now, if you had 50 stores, anybody that picks up a mobile unit, and I'm brand new in the store in Dublin, you come in and you ask me about that shoe. I've never even seen that shoe. I started this morning. I'm actually at Trinity, and I'm actually just part-time coming in. But I look up on my screen as when I scan it, and all of a sudden it tells me who's wearing that shoe, what the pin interest score was on that shoe. It tells me what else goes with that shoe, and a tie goes with that shoe. So all of a sudden you're getting much more a, a, an enriched experience of the information that I'm able to give you. And therefore, um, what the digital experience can bring is a more efficient and um, unified experience across um, the store platform giving the retailer hopefully more sales you know and giving you as the consumer more shoes yeah and uh, i guess then once once you have a large chain leveraging this sort of technology successfully you might have smaller companies going yeah we'd we'd love to adopt this sort of technology um how expensive actually is it Okay, so we operate on a SaaS model. Um, we, we're in business 25 years in retail technology and very embedded in the uh, Irish retail SME sector. Um, this product has come out of the need for digitization. Um, and we are aiming this at a global audience. Okay, so they are our customers. They are uh, what we want to actually achieve. We have a stated aim of three global chains uh, within 18 months. Um, and we do go head to head with eBay innovation. So it's very much like we are the David to their Goliath. 
but um, we're out of Dundrum, so we're, <laughs> we're punching above our weight. Um, so, um, but what will happen is, and we do have a number, we, we only launched in New York in um, January through one of our sales partners, uh, British Telecom or, or BT Global Services. So, um, but we do have a number of very, very good Irish retailers who have actually approached us and said, we want this, so how much is it going to cost? And we've put together a SaaS model, for instance, for the Intelligent Fitting Room. We're putting it out in the Irish marketplace to selected retailers uh, for €30 Euros per month. So it's not out of the reach you know obviously when we talk to the bigger retailers and they've got 8,000 stores with, it, with a lot of things in it but the thing about it is um, is that it really gives the independent digitization proper digitization really gives the independent you know the ability to fight with the bigger guys and to give that unique experience you know so for us it's um, very, very uh, good value for money, and the retailers and anybody in business in particular is used now to starting paying on a monthly basis. The days of capital spend, realistically, you know, um, are, are, are kind of behind us. So we're looking at a, a future that's personalised, that's uniform above stores, and that's based in the cloud. Absolutely, but I would just put one caveat about based on the cloud. All of our information is transferred onto the cloud. However, retail is the sharp end of everything, and people have very, very low boiling points when it comes to critical systems. Retail systems are critical systems, so therefore it needs to be able to operate in what we would call an offline mode. That means that if a retailer has five fitting rooms they know if somebody digs up the street in Ballydahob that somebody coming in and expecting the experience will still get the experience and then what will happen is is once the hole has been filled in and the, the cable connected again is the data will flow seamlessly up but it's very important that you do not uh, alienate a customer with digitization and we've all seen digital applications in relatively different places from shopping centers to airports etc where it's either in a loop um, or we go up and we hit it and it doesn't respond, etc. You can't have that, not when it goes mainstream. That was Gavin Peacock from uh, TRC Business Solutions chatting way to Nile about that. Who else did you meet uh, at the retail day now? Yeah, I also met with Keith Hanley from MJ Flood. And uh, what we talked about was how digital signage is changing. So if we look at digital signage, um, and uh, which I suppose would be a mainstay of a communication platform that a lot of retailers would use, uh, both in-store or, or potentially in the window, um, nothing has really changed with that technology for about 20 years' time. And it's the real, you know, if ever there was a technology where, you know, 50% of my marketing is work, I'm just not too sure what 50%, this was it. So very difficult to actually quantify the impact that a digital signage, an ad, or has on, 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 on a consumer. So everything we do or everything we provide has to be underpinned by intelligence analytics and the ability to learn, I suppose, from, from that. So what we're looking at here is we're looking at a fairly straightforward standard screen but we have a small little webcam and then some software sitting back in the back end. And what that software enables us to do is to do two things. We can both um, audience surf, so we can look at an audience as it passes by a digital signage screen, and we can then determine if they've looked at the ad, uh, how long they looked at the ad for, and what was the demographic profile of that person looking at the ad. So we might be able to say, well, for this particular um, uh, message and piece of content, it's more engaging for um, females, 35 
to 45 or, or less so in a different demographic. And we can do that over a period of time. But what we can also then to see is even just passing by that particular screen, we can then start to build up a profile of, you know, who actually passes throughout the day. So do we see more mums dropping kids off to school in the morning? Do we see more young professionals late morning? Do we see more professionals over lunchtime than moving as we grow throughout the day? We so this is a great, uh, great potential for demographic traffic then. Yeah. So you can see that, okay, young people immediately gravitate to the music section when they come into the store. Their parents go off and they look at clothes or whatever. Exactly, exactly. And what we can then start to do on a one-to-one basis, if you have a, you know, if, if somebody just walk into a grocery store and they were to pick up the basket, that's a one-to-one interaction with a screen, potentially. We can trigger content as well based on a demographic profile. So we will have a look at the image of the person approaching the kiosk or approaching the, the digital signage. We'll make an assumption and we'll segment and then we can serve an ad, okay? Um, or we can serve an interactive journey, or an interactive consumer experience based on a demographic profile. So we take away all the stuff that was probably not really of interest to them whatsoever. And then hopefully based on location, atmospherics, demographic profile, we can start to bring in a lot of different information and hopefully deliver messages that are relevant to people. So if we can get close, you know, to right message, right person, right time, we're a far better, you know, I suppose far better opportunity to maybe influence a, a particular buying decision. And uh, in terms then of the behavior of people who actually come in and they, they visit a store, uh, and I guess from the retailer's perspective as well, what kind of feedback can they get in terms of maybe the layout of their store or whether positioning stock or the interior design elements of their store in terms of, you know, the height of shelves? So we're kind of looking a bit on, on the network side from a Wi-Fi perspective with, with, with that technology. So, you know, it should be, it's not, but it should be, you know, uh, every retail store you walk into should have some sort of guest Wi-Fi network available to them. Um, it's a service that most consumers would expect to have to have in place. But you can also, as a, as a, as a retailer, you can also learn a huge amount of information from that from that network. It provides you with the ability to not only... Um, get a better understanding of the type of people who are coming in, but how often they're coming in, how often they stay in store, and then how they migrate through a store. So when they walk in, do they typically go left? Do they typically go right? You know, are they having trouble in a particular area of the store trying to locate what they're looking for? So are they in a deli counter? And if we know that anyone longer than five minutes in the deli counter will typically turn and walk away, we can then start using that information to personalise the experience, to communicate with consumers, to improve that overall experience, potentially personalised communications. There's a whole plethora of different things we can do to kind of overall enhance that, that experience, that in-store experience. So I guess that sort of that heat map is so important from a retailer's perspective. And much is the same that people get obsessed over heat maps uh, in terms of how we interact with websites, yeah. for example, you know, reading left to right and then diagonally. Um, however, it's all, all underpinned, as you um, sort of uh, alluded to there, by the quality of the network. So say you're in a, a small town in Ireland where your broadband connectivity is quite patchy or non-existent. How does a company take on this kind of technology? Uh, well, I think there's been a lot of there's been a lot of poor choices in terms of technology adoption being being made uh, for a lot of retailers uh, up until this point there's a lot of kind of free technology available whereby you sign off on the, on your data so it's not your data you're effectively giving your data away so poor quality access points you know providing or getting data from people is is not that hungry you know if you've got and most places in the most cities around Ireland if you've got 5 meg 
you know, download, you, and you're a relatively small store, you're providing enough of a service for people to be able to browse. Now, they may not be able to download a movie or watch a movie, but they probably shouldn't be doing that in a retail environment as well. But in terms of providing a service to allow them to browse, maybe compare prices, or do whatever they want to do online, there should be enough in most cities around Ireland and towns around Ireland to give that level. So they're not massively hungry in terms of what they need. Um, unless, of course, you're in a coffee area or a coffee dock or a coffee shop where you're, it's okay to allow people to, to download data and to then large volumes of data. Otherwise, you know, there's enough bandwidth out there to, do, to provide a guest Wi-Fi solution. And that was Keith Hanley from MJ Flood chatting to Niall Kitson about uh, uh, the future of retail. Two very interesting interviews, uh, Niall. I'll tell you, when I'm going out to, into the shop on my way home, I'll be, I'll be going in with new eyes. Yeah, well, you know, b- big seller is watching, I guess, is the, <laughs> the take-home <laughs> message from that. Listen, that's almost it for our show. Just before we go for this week, uh, Niall, what's our one more thing? Yeah, well, something that we haven't had a chance to get around to uh, properly this week. But there is scandal in in, uh, cryptocurrency land and in particular around the identity of the founder of Bitcoin. Oh, my God. TechCentral.ie. Find out what the full story is. Would the real, uh, it's like, would the real Slim Shady, please stand up, please stand up. Would the real Bitcoin founder, please stand up. Will the real Satoshi make himself known? You can get more of that story at all the Irish tech news with hourly updates daily newsletters and more at our website techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra until next time from myself Dusty and from Niall at Tech Central HQ thanks for listening take care get tech radio subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie tech radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com Thank you.